0: Because the faithful from Old Windy Hill are going to celebrate long and hard. The Bombers have beaten the West Coast Eagles by 16 points. Bombers charging all over the top of an injury-depleted West Coast Eagles last night at Optus Stadium. Joining us to talk all things footy is John Ralph. Ralphie's brought to you by the Ascot Vale Hotel. Home of uh, Melbourne's Coldest Pots, the greatest pub in the inner north. Midweek specials every night and a new winter menu. Relax in the dining room or find a seat at the front bar in front of the big screens. Check it out on the corner of Mount Alexander Road and Ormond Roads when we get out of this lockdown period. Ralphie, good morning. Oh, and don't
1: we hope that it's Friday? We're allowed to have a pot at 11 o'clock, aren't we? But look, I, I suppose the fear is going to be that now with uh, the uh, sp- uh, speculation around about another mystery case in. Uh, in um, uh, Victoria, well, as Jeff Kennett suggested on Friday night, a seven-day lockdown potentially could uh, well drift into next weekend. And look, already that's having that's faced a catastrophic effect on on round 12. Now, um, the very strong likelihood is that every Victorian team will be out of uh, Melbourne, and that would have a trickle on a trickle on effect with potentially a, a triple header uh, through uh, through next weekend at the SCG
0: not only for the uh, throwing into chaos, the uh, the fixture for, for next week, but the, the Queen's birthday big freeze game at, uh, at the MCG between the Demons and the Magpies, always uh, well represented with, with crowd figures and the, the great work they do with the big freeze and the slide and whatnot. This could be, uh, uh, have a really nasty effect on the, uh, the, the Demons, what they, what they take out of this game.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, you couldn't be far more right. Look, the problem for, for the AFL is this, the latest COVID outbreak has come at the worst possible time. So not only, of course, you know, two games across uh, Dreamtime of the G uh, and, uh, and also a couple of games in Darwin. So that Dreamtime of the G Jury game will almost certainly now be played at Optus Stadium next week. Now, Essendon's been told just to, to hold firm for a couple of days over there in Perth. And it seems like after Richmond play uh, Adelaide at uh, Giant Stadium, they'll be on a plane there as well if they can get an exemption. But then, as you say, at that Melbourne crowd clash at um, on Queen's birthday, it's a million dollar gate, and also, of course, you know so much good work he's done to raise awareness for uh, for the MND cause and and the uh, the big freeze. And so, look, I I don't even think the AFLs look too far ahead in regards to where that game will be played. I think there's still a possibility that the game is at the MCG, but of course, you would think that that would almost certainly be with very limited or maybe no crowds at all. And so, yeah, just a, a terrible time. You know, I think the AFL might have potentially just thought about whether they just shut down the season for a couple of weeks and got it back going, but they certainly haven't done that as yet. So, so as best we know, at Round 12 next week, Melbourne versus Brisbane at, uh, in Alice Springs, that's likely at the SCG. Sequilda versus Sydney, as, as um, uh, Brett Ratton suggested last night, maybe you swap that from Marvel Stadium to the SCG, and there is a Round 21 game they can flip later in the year. Adelaide at Collingwood. Well, Collingwood still don't know, but they hope to get into Adelaide. To play that game on Saturday afternoon, Essendon and Richmond at Dreamtime at the O, off the stadium. Carlton versus West Coast. Carlton have been told that MCG game is now at the SCG, and and it seems like the Dogs will get on a plane tonight to play the Dockers over at Perth Stadium or off the stadium. Um, only in the next couple of hours will we work out whether they have uh, potentially been able to be get an exemption to get on that plane. So yeah, everything in a state of flux right now.
0: Most certainly is. We need the footy, though, Ralphie. If they're going to lock us down for uh, a couple of weekends, the public need the footy, and we need the show to keep rolling on.
1: And didn't we get a, just an extraordinary game? Uh, that 16-point victory for Essendon last night, which just shows... I've had a look at the ratings. Absolutely rated it. Socks off. You know, it was, a, it was an era-defining game for Essendon. I know that might sound ridiculous, but, you know, back over in 2013, they went over, and I think they beat both Fremantle and, and West Coast. Now, that was some kind of era, the, uh, the peptides era, but... There's so much to like about you know what Essendon was able to do. Twenty-nine points down at one stage. Uh, I think West Coast five goals in a row. And I know they had Tim Kelly off with a, a medial strain and uh, and Oscar Allen off with his concussion. But the way that they just powered home was everything that Essendon has been wanting in terms of brand, in terms of the young kids, in terms of the likes of Carl Hooker and uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip Moody, um, You know, all, all just tipping in. My God, it was an extraordinary performance in so many ways. And I think a performance that will see Zach Merritt say, this is what I want to see from the Eastern Football Club. I want to sign the dotted line.
0: Most certainly. Tip and Woody, as you mentioned, he was outstanding there last night. But it just seemed the Eagles just ran out of steam with the, uh, the lack of rotations.
1: Well, uh, Adam Simpson, you know, he's calling a spade a bloody shovel right now. So was it four weeks ago against Geelong, he effectively said his team looked weak. Uh, he backed over that repeatedly. Now, last night, he said, we weren't tough enough for long enough. You know, so, I mean, that's twice in, what, four or five weeks where a coach has called his team soft. Now, obviously, he's built up enough goodwill to be able to, um, you know, to be able to do those kind of things. But, um, so, Tim Kelly's out now for, you think, well, I don't know, potentially four six weeks with a medial strain. Uh, Elliot, you know, came back and was just just okay, you know, coming off his, uh, his OP. Um, Liam Duggan's out for a couple more weeks. Uh, Luke Shuey's still a TBC in terms of his hamstring tendon surgery. So they're not getting too much better anytime soon. And even, you know, their star four time All Australian in Jeremy McGovern still got another month off with a knee injury. So um, all those things are absolutely significant. It's not like they're just bringing three or four stars back into their team. But um, look, Essendon, oh, what, what, what more can you say about you know them and their style and Ben Rutton? You know, you look at this team, they've brought the likes of Will Snelling in, he's a tackling machine. They've brought the likes of Mason Redmond in, you know, he fulfills young, uh, a role in a really young and up-and-coming backline that's got 10 years in it. You know, we saw Archie Perkins kicking lovely goals. We saw Jake Stringer again. You know, he's, he's in the form of his life and he's in the shape of his life. You know, you look all the way through this team, they have got young kids who are playing their role, who know exactly what that role is. They're buying into the team culture. Uh, it, it just was, you know, as a, as a Tigers fan, you know, you've had some rivalry there with Essendon, but I, I don't think anyone could look at Essendon and what they've gone through and not just be really happy for what they were able to do last night.
0: If they can sneak into an eight, they're the type of side in that, that bottom four of the eight that top four sides might fear playing if they can can bring that intensity that they had last night throughout the four quarters.
1: Well, and, and, and they are in the eight right now, and obviously most people would suggest that Richmond should... Um, Potentially beat Adelaide and jump over the top of them. But I mean, how good is that dream time at the, G, at the O game going to be? Um, you know, the point was made very well by a lot of people last night. They've, they've lost three games by a goal or less. And so, you know, potentially this team could be, you know, eight and uh, four. Now, again, you're always going to, you know, live and die by those close losses and, you know, some of them, they, they, they you know, potentially deserve to lose. But, um, yeah, um, yes, they could do damage. And also, you know, yes, they could be up there for the next five or six years. I mean, it's the first time you've actually seen an Essendon team build the right way and play the right way since, well, probably Kevin Sheedy's mobs back in the early two thousand.
0: Go all the way back to uh, to Friday night Melbourne. Too good for the Bulldogs. It was a game that was played at a frenetic pace, and the Bulldogs just couldn't get any composure throughout the game. And the Demons were able to compose best of the two sides and really run away in the end.
1: Yeah, we kicked. Talking about how the teams that play Melbourne, how they just were off their tucker that night, and they just couldn't quite sustain it, and maybe they were a little bit cooked, as um, even uh, Luke Beveridge said of his team the previous week. What we're now realising is that's what Melbourne does to you. You know, they are an exceptional football team, and they're an exceptional pressure team. So they're five and zip against top eight teams or top nine teams. You know, they smashed up Richmond when Richmond were absolutely flying early in that contest. You know, they made the Western Bulldogs look second rate. You know, Luke Beveridge was, was, I was going to say, he was reactive. He wasn't really reactive when James Harms went straight to told him and touched him up. You know, but, you know, I think for the... Well, we've seen in a couple of big finals, um, Marcus Bontepelli, you know, hasn't been able to exert himself. He certainly wasn't able to do that and win his inside ball you know, against uh, the Western Bulldogs. So, you know, he may only be the second or third best Western Bulldog of all time. You still want to see him perform you know, in, in significant games. Uh, albeit a a player who probably could have won a Norm Smith, you know, what's he done for us lately? And so, look, Melbourne uh, performs on every level. They've got a sustainable game plan. They take away the best elements of their rivals. You know, what more do you want to think that this team should be the Premiership uh, (laughs) favourite?
0: Yesterday at the MCG, Geelong played uh, Collingwood, Ralphie. Let's be honest and call us spade a spade here. This was an absolute stinker. Uh, it seemed, watching it, one side knew they were going to win, one side knew they couldn't win, and they both couldn't get it over and done with quick enough. Collingwood, 6-15, didn't kick their second goal till the final quarter. Geelong, 8-13, missing some of their, their, their midfield brigade, but nonetheless, it, it was an ordinary game of footy, and Collingwood come away with it, not only with a loss, but with an injury. To, to one of their main men in Grundy.
1: Yeah, I think Rexy Hunt would have called it a wouldn't he? So uh, that's been charitable. Yeah, it was a horrible game. Yeah, I know Nathan Buckley was overly optimistic about it post-match and talked about the young kids. And, you know, certainly Trent Bianco, nine possessions in, I think, about the first 20 minutes and finished with 19. Um, yeah, the injury to, to Brody Grundy is potentially significant. So the, the club's fearing nerve damage. Now, as horrible as that sounds, you know, that that can be something that just, you know recurs and, you know, sees him out for four or six weeks, and it's just something he's going to have to manage throughout his career. But he's in the first year of a seven-year contract. So in 2015, he had a, you know, a really nasty training incident where he was taken to hospital with, I think, what he called a compression of his spine. Uh, he suffered some ligament uh, issues there. He has been able to play great football since then, and so we haven't got an update on that. And even Scott Penderbury, the, the absolute megastar from Collingwood, He's dealing with a finger injury, he needed some stitches a couple of weeks ago. Now, bizarrely, he got it trapped in Josh Thomas's mouth. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> anyway, he's dealing with severe duress. And um, what kind of training crew would that be? It's still, it's still just befuddles me. So anyway, so a couple of their stars are out. And look, I know Nathan Buckley, you know, thinks that they've got some kids coming through. But uh, Jordan Lewis called their ball movement boring and their game plan boring last night on Saturday. Stretch on Fox Hoodie. Uh, John Brown called it deplorable and said it was the worst ball movement from the back half he has ever seen. Now, even with a bit of hyperbole, you know, I think all, all that adds up to Nathan Buckley's team you know, lacking a bit of inspiration, even if they kick five goals late to get with the 10 points at the end when, yeah, very much DeLong had checked out of this game.
0: Yesterday, Brisbane took on GWS, Brisbane all over the Giants from the start, and again, Brisbane kick a big score.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about Melbourne as premiership favourites. So now Brisbane's won seven on the trot. Uh, they haven't got Lockie Neal and Jared Berry in their side, and even uh, potentially Lockie Neal might play next week off his as You think surely be more likely the week after, and all of their issues of early in the year, you know, their ball movement, their defence, and the likes of Charlie Cameron not getting a kick, they all seem to have been erased. I mean, Cameron was just electric. You know, if you didn't see that game, and it was a you know probably a quieter one on Saturday afternoon you know, Cameron Goose stepped you know, he laid punching tackles. He gave off I think three or four goals. You know, he only kicked one goal for the day, but he was absolutely sensational. Um, you know, the McCluggage went again. Uh, they're um yeah, playing great football, albeit a bit of a soft kill given GWS had so many players injured. And, and of course it spent twenty four hours trying to get into um Brisbane given those COVID issues and being knocked back at the at Sydney airport when the AFL never even put in a an exemption for them. So um yeah, so a tough uh, day at the office for GWS, which have been up for seven weeks, but um, the other mob, seven on the bounce, and just everything seems to be going right for them.
0: Uh, the Saints too good for the Kangaroos in the twilight yesterday. It was a solid game. The North were there and thereabouts, but every time they, they tried to come, the Saints had the answers.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, a good win. That that was all it was. Listen listened to Brett Ratten's press conference post-match, and he was pretty scathing of his players. He said, look, you know, they were reasonable early on, but as he said, we just went away from everything we tried to do in the last quarter. You know, only a 20-point victory in the end. He said we had, you know, players who were doing roles and they went off onto the bench and the, and the other players didn't cover for them. Um, you know, yet again, Brad Hill only, I think, two possessions to half-time. He was tagged well by Bailey Scott, only six for the game. They won't drop him, but, they, you know, probably the wit's end about how do they try and get him into the contest. Max King only had two points. You know, got to a few contests, wasn't great, so... It was the worst possible victory, if you know what I mean. They got their four points. They're still five and six, and they're in the contest. But, um, you, know, they, they, you know, they just need to, to be so much better even to compete against the also ran, you know, comp- let alone the uh, the premiership contenders.
0: Suns uh, defeated the Hawks at the SCG, acquired SCG last night. Suns were good. Hawthorne, they've been beaten by 37 points, but I didn't think they were that bad.
1: I think I jumped early. and I watched the Foxtel Mini uh, last night at about midnight. I love those Foxtel Minis. I tell you what, they're, they're perfect little synopsis, synopsis of game. Yeah, Isaac Quainer, um, exceptional early. Kicked three goals in a, from his first four kicks. Uh, he got a down-the-ground free kick, and he just stole it from... Uh, who was it? It might have even been Collins. But he grabbed that one, grabbed the opportunity. Ben King, is a better player than his brother Max right now. You know, Third in the Coleman medal, takes you know, high-flying marks, If you haven't seen that game, wheeled onto his left from a ground ball, um, hit it to Alex Sexton with just a magnificent pass. And yes, you know, Hawthorne, you know, not a lot to, to savor from that contest. But young Ned Reeves, I think someone threw up the stat last night, you know, multiple games with a guy with, um, with, uh, 35 hit outs and 10 possessions. He looked impressive as a 210 centimetre ruckman. Jacob Kaczynski did a couple of little things again. And as Sam Landsberger uh, tells us in the Herald Sun today, so in the mid-season draft on Wednesday, they'll take Jai Newcomb, who's a um, an Oakley Chargers player who's put a pretty price on his head and potentially a four-year deal. Ned Moyle is an Oakley Chargers 210-centimetre ruckman, and then of course they'll go and take multiple picks in the in the national draft. So they know exactly where they're at. You know, if you're a cynic, you're saying no, they aren't really even trying to win games of football, but you know they know the path they're on, and the Hawthorne fans are, are able to accept it given all those premierships since uh, 2008 onwards.
0: Tigers play the Crows, Swans play the Blues, Port play Frio, Ralphie for our afternoons, entertainment during this lockdown period, three interesting games coming up, but I think the, the thing fans are probably going to be most interested in is this evolving fixture and what plays out over the next couple of days, uh, particularly with the well five COVID cases today, but uh, you would think it's going to be a, a rolling feast as we had last year to, to find out what's going to play out in the next couple of weeks.
1: No, that's right. And as Jeff Kennett said uh, over the weekend, he says his worst-case scenario is that, you know, yes, we might deal with this COVID outbreak, but what does it mean for the next five years, the next 10 years? You know, we're always going to have some mutations. You know, we're going to have to cut our cloth in terms of the revenue. And as he said, there are a lot of people now who are getting on KO. KO literally crashed last night. It got clocked because so many people were watching the Essendon game. And so, you know, we thought maybe this is a year of of obstacles we have to get through. I think we're now realising this is a... Something that's going to stay with us for a very long time, and there's going to be some ramifications that you know, maybe even we haven't thought of yet, and not too many of them are positive.
0: Ralphie, we'll let you go and get some rest. You're up last night, you're on Fox for a long time last night, so uh, we'll <laughs> let you get some rest and enjoy the footy later on this afternoon.
1: <laughs> Thanks again, Brendan.